man, I hope I didn't miss my bus. Hey, yo, you got the time? Yeah, it's like uh, almost 5.30. Thank you. Yeah, I see you nodding. What you listening to, man? Man, I'm chilling, kid. Hello, everyone. I'm Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. Today we'll be taking the first steps in our journey along with Evangel on his album Expository Journey, put out by Christcentric Records. The track we're going to be looking at is called Stranger to Stranger, feat Mac Dulos. Here we're seeing the first seed being dropped in Evangel's life that leads to his conversion to Christianity. Here we're going to be seeing two strangers meeting at a bus stop, and their conversation's quickly going to steer towards Jesus Christ. One is a believer. The other, being Evangel, is not. What I like about this track is the argument that is used by Evangel here is something that people will commonly use when they're attacking Christianity. But, if you're true and solid in your faith, all of these arguments really fall apart at the seams. Before we actually get into this, I recommend checking out our website or our podcast feed where you can get the lyrics to the song. It'll help you follow along a lot easier. I also want to make two other quick notes. One, this will probably be a pretty long episode, because this is a pretty long track with a whole lot of content. Also, we have no main text for this one. Yep, this is our first episode where there is no main text that goes along with it. But, don't let that alarm you. We are going to be covering several texts throughout this song that help support our believer's argument. So, like I said, we're going to be starting with two strangers who meet, and they begin to engage in some small talk. One's asking about the time, and the other one gives it to him while he's listening to his music bob in his head. Well, that's when Evangel inquires our stranger about what he's listening to. Now, I have to give props here to the believer, because he doesn't back down from this opportunity to share Jesus Christ. Sometimes, if we're in a similar situation and someone asks about the music we're listening to, we can just be like, oh, you know, I'm listening to so-and-so an artist or so-and-so music, and uh, it's his new album, and it's pretty good. You should check it out. Rather, he uses this opportunity to bring up the topic of the gospel. Sometimes it feels not so comfortable to share the gospel in these contexts, but Jesus did tell us to make disciples. And Paul says in Romans chapter 10, How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Even if it doesn't feel right, it is our job to speak the truth of Jesus Christ to those who have not heard it. And, as I said in our previous episode, all we can do is plant the seed. It is God who makes it grow. Keep that in mind next time you're sharing the gospel. So, our believer asks Evangel if he knows about the gospel. Uh, Notice, he asked him if he's heard the gospel. He didn't ask, oh, have you heard about God, or do you know about Jesus? Or he didn't even ask, are you a Christian? He just brought up the gospel right away. And it's important because the gospel is the focus of our Christianity, the the gospel being the good news of Jesus Christ and his redemption and and death on the cross and, and resurrection for our sins. The problem is, a lot of people outside the church, and even some nut jobs inside the church, they've never heard the real gospel and they don't preach the real gospel. And so those from the outside 
have a very wrong view. When they hear the word gospel, they just think Jesus thumpers. They don't really understand the redemptive work that's behind it. So focusing on the gospel at right from the start, from the bat, is hugely important, and it's going to be a theme that he continues throughout the track. Evangel's first reaction is kind of a distorted notion of Christianity and of Christians. The first thing he does is he passes judgment. He calls out the hypocrisy in the church and the ridiculousness of the behavior of some church folk. The sad part is he's right in a lot of senses. A lot of churches, they just reek with hypocrisy and they blaspheme God's name by saying one thing and outwardly doing another and then saying that action is in the name of Christ. Uh, the thing is, we're sinful human beings and that's part of our nature. And from the outside and not understanding that, it does look like hypocrisy, but they don't see that in the root problem of sin. The people on the outside, they look at Christians and they think, oh, they're just like everyone else. Um, even though they claim to be all good and perfect, but, you know, their lives are no better than anyone else's. And this is true. Uh, at least to an extent, it's true. Our sinful nature is just like everyone else's. Uh, the difference is that we're being sanctified by Christ. So as we come to God as true believers, he begins to work on those things in our lives. Now, does that mean we're going to be perfect? No. Does that mean we're not going to fall? No. We are going to fall. But the difference between us and them really comes down to when push comes to shove, we're covered by the blood of Christ. And on Judgment Day, we're going to be justified, those who put their faith in Christ. That's what our believer argues here. But Evangel, hearing the name Jesus, starts to make an ad hominem attack. Now, what is an ad hominem attack? Um, it's a general category of fallacies in which a claim or an argument is rejected on the basis of some irrelevant fact about the author of or the person presenting the claim or argument. This is what Evangel's doing when he hears the topic of Jesus. He starts attacking the person of Jesus or the representation of Jesus instead of arguing based on biblical and historical fact. He goes after Jesus' race, and he goes after those who support it, using race as a basis for why they support Jesus. And one of his arguments is, how come he never sees a black Jesus? Well, if you were wondering, Jesus was Jewish. He was of Hebrew descent. Therefore, he had dark hair and light skin. End of story. No need to argue that. Let's move on. The believer, he does the smart thing in response to this argument, and steers everything back to the main point, the heart of the issue, sin. See, God doesn't care about skin color or nationality or race, because everyone sins the same. He goes on to talk about how God's word is true, and good, and profitable for the believer, even in our current modern times when people say the Bible is irrelevant. It's just as relevant as it was when it was written, but evangelism here and that. He plays the it's all relative card, saying every religion is the same, all of them believe the same thing, um, it's all just relative and how you want to approach it. This is a common argument. People think that all religions are basically the same. They say that they teach good morals and if you follow these rules you'll get into heaven when you die. This couldn't be further from the truth. Christianity does not tell you to follow some rules to get to heaven. Christianity, in fact, is saying some, somewhat of the opposite saying that we're in big trouble and we need a savior to get us out of it and that we cannot do it ourselves. 
all other religions will tell you you have to follow these set of rules and these guidelines and not sin in this way in order to get to heaven. Christianity says you can try all you want, but you're still not going to get there. Other religions are what we call a works-based religion, that your works are the things that get you into heaven. Your works are the things that make you right with God. However, Christianity is founded on what Christ has done for us in the forgiveness of our sins. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. That's the gospel of from the point of Christianity, and I don't really think I need to cover that anymore. The believer isn't going to fall for these arguments, because he knows better. He understands true Christianity versus all other religions. He makes the point all the religions can't be the same thing, and they can't all lead to God, because all of them contradict. If they all were in agreement, there would be no need for different religions. Now, Evangel kind of has a point when he says that most religions teach similar ethics. That's because God has written his law on our hearts. Whether we're Christian or not, and you can see Romans 2 on this, when we try to live a good life, we're naturally going to follow the laws that are written on our hearts, and these laws are given by God. The problem is, we can't please God by obeying the law. This is found in Romans 3. And that's what all these fake religions are saying. They're saying, if we can just obtain this law, then we can be right with God. Christianity says, you can try to obtain the law all you want, but you're not going to do it. Christianity, like I said, is the only religion where God is the one who justifies us, not us in our own actions. Because nothing we can do makes up for a single sin. And that every religion is the same and all roads lead to God argument is crap. Just plain crap. After this argument, Evangel makes a mistake that even a lot of Christians do when he says he's the child of God. Well, to examine this, let's flip over to 1 John chapter 3. John writes, By this it is evident who are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. John who was one of Jesus' 12 disciples, is telling us here that not everyone is a child of God. Only the ones who practice righteousness are the children of God. Now, don't be confused with practicing righteousness as being perfectly righteous. Because the same John who wrote this book and wrote the Gospel of John also tells us who God's children are. He writes in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, But all who did receive him who believed in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
So he's letting us know here that the ones who are righteous are the ones who believe in Jesus. Therefore, the ones who believe in Jesus are the ones who are God's children. When the believer tries to explain this, the evangel flips out. This is because he's taking it as an attack on his persons. This generally happens when you're arguing with people saying that nobody is good and righteous in God's eyes. Because people in their own eyes think they're pretty good. Which is the de great deception. Evangel here even tries to name off the ways he's good by saying, I don't do X, I don't do Y, I don't do Z, I'm not like these really bad people. But the believer knows we're all in the same boat. Because in God's eyes, we're all in trouble. And Paul says in Romans 3, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But people don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear about judgment. Inside and out of the church, this seems to be the problem. Instead of facing their own sin, they'd rather turn things on God, saying he can't be a good God if he's letting all this wicked happen in the world. They use this argument in order to deflect attention off of themselves. They may as well be saying, if God is letting all this bad stuff happen and all these people are doing these things that are much worse than I do, then he can't be a good God or he can't exist. That's what they think. And they think with that argument they have the trump card. But they're wrong. They're wrong because they're missing the whole sin problem. The believer, knowing this, starts off by arguing that God does exist and that creation itself is proof of his existence. This we can see in Romans 1. Paul says, For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. They being everyone in the world. But the believer quickly turns back to the heart of the matter. That that whole argument is just an excuse not to face your own sin. The whole point of Christianity is that man is hopelessly wicked. And that the sin in our hearts has only one solution. And that's Jesus Christ dealing with it. At this point, the conversation is pretty much finished. Uh, Evangel wasn't convinced by the end of the argument. But that doesn't mean that this opportunity was wasted. As we talked about in our last episode, that one person plants, one person waters, but it's only God who causes the growth. And our believer does know this. Well, that brings us to the end of the first leg of our expository journey. I hope you learned some things about common arguments against Christianity and how to better defend your faith. But more importantly, I hope that you learn that the main point of Christianity is Christ and the work that only he can do in covering our sin, the work that he did on a cross 2,000 years ago, when he wiped away the sin of the believer and took it upon himself, so now we can wear his righteousness and are considered holy and just before God. Well, if you're benefiting from this show, please let us know by sending an email to unpackingthetheology at gmail.com or leave us a comment on our Google Plus page or on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com, where you can also find a link to download Evangel's album, Expository Journey. As always, if you have any songs you would like us to unpack, please drop us a line. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you, and God bless. Lord, another one lost in the sins. Pray that the feet dropped in this conversation, Lord.